Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Yeah, it is that time of the week. Welcome into BetQLU here on the BetQL Network. We are here, as always, every week getting ready for the college basketball weekend ahead. I'm John Martin, as always, joined by RJ Choppy, fresh off of his uh, – was, was that your college basketball color analyst uh, debut? Is that what that was at Tarleton State? That was my color analyst debut, period. Like, of any – I've never of anything. I've never color analyzed anything. I've been a uh, like a play by play guy before. Uh, I gotcha. did like the for like eight years, and I did uh, TCU women's basketball in the San Juan shootout one year. That was that was kind of fun. Free trip. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Uh, but other than that, that was it. Like that that that's it. This is my first men's basketball game that I'd ever done, uh, and and I loved every minute of it. Now, Tarleton ended up winning the game. They were down. They were down terrible to start the game against Grand Canyon. Did that? Did that game end up going to overtime or no? I know Tarleton State won. Did it go to overtime? Uh, it did not go to overtime. Uh, Tarleton okay. won. Uh, they, they had a great comeback, uh, but uh, yeah, Tarleton won in regulation. How about that? And uh, any what? What did we learn? What did, What did we learn about? The job. What did we learn about the the school and the and the environment? What 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 was our big takeaway? Um, dude, I'll tell you what, man. Like, they uh, that that's a fun school. Like that that's a fun that's a fun environment. They've got a lot of uh, unique. Uh, Tarleton does. They got a lot of unique like f- student groups. Um, yeah, man. Like that that Grand Canyon team. You could tell that Tyler Grant Foster is a player. Like you could tell. You could see that he was the best player. Uh, on the floor there's there is no doubt about that he was the best player uh, on the floor in that game they just didn't give the ball enough in the second half quite simply yeah. like they, they get this big lead and it's almost like they went away from him but yeah you, you unquestionably unquestioned that is a uh that, that's a tournament team there there is no doubt now I, I don't think they're an at-large team but they could they could I would not want to be uh in their bracket I'll tell you that because if you don't have a dude that's better than him. I mean, he could take that game over. Now they they did storm the court, but I mean, it, it, uh, our our court storming standards are getting uh, uh, you know, lower and lower. It feels like. I mean, I know Grand Canyon's having a really good year, but come on, man, come on, man. 
<laughs> Dude, they hop right over me. A- so we were right in front of the student section. It's a cramped arena, okay? It's it's a right. it's a legit it's a D two gym, okay? They they're they they're building yep. a new spot down there, um, a new arena. But this is a legit high school gym. It's smaller than a lot of high school gyms, to be honest with you. And they were right behind us, and they come storming. It got so bad, like I could not see. Looking to my right, um, I couldn't really see the scoreboard in the second half as the game got close. I couldn't see the corner either. All the students were like kind of covering and crowding over us. Could not see. And then they stormed the court. And they jumped the scorer's table. They're jumping over the scorer's table to get on the floor. They're not going around it. They're jumping over this thing. And like we're getting like somebody, some dude's wallet fell right in my lap. Right in my lap. $5 bills everywhere. Okay. $5 bill. I mean, if it was an NBA game, awesome. I'd have hundreds. This had $5 bills everywhere. Uh, just falling all over me. Uh, but yeah, he, he, it was, it was, it was a fun night, dude. Like I cannot explain, um, how nerve wracking that was going into it. I was really nervous and I, I made some jokes. I sounded like an absolute idiot on a few things. I had no idea what I was talking about. I left that game. I still don't think I know three players' names. I, I still don't. Well, I think I called it. I called it an entire game. I blacked out. I think I blacked out the first half. Uh, my fiance was there. My co-host, he was there too. He, awesome. he, he made the drive, and he said, "Do you know what you because they gave him headsets?" He goes, "Do you know you said this?" And I said, "No, nah, I don't remember saying that at all. I have no idea." I said, that. "Apparently, I talked about this one guy needed to use his leadership to get some rebounds." I don't know what that means. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't think I, I was like, no, I didn't say that. And he played the audio back to me. This. I said that. I said that. So I, I, I take Use full your responsibility. Leadership, man. <laughs> not your athleticism, not your, not your, you know, physical. Yeah. Just, just no, use your no. leadership. I, and I, and I got a little bit, I got a little bit kind of too comfortable though at the end because, you know, I got, I got two kids that they're, they're, they're one's a teenager, one's 11 years old. So, all right. the youth slang is embedded in me. And right. I was describing how this one guy got a rebound. And I was like, look at that. There he is using his cake, getting position. And instead of using his backside, I said he was using his cake to get position. And I, and I, yes. I caught myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's now you're, you're, you're definitely uh, as the, as your, as your kids would say, you're chuggy, man. You're so know, chuggy. I'm a, I'm, yeah. But chuggy, I'm chuggy. That's right. You're chuggy, but but you know what? I you know we don't. It's not often we get a very uh, this blunt of a self assessment, right? That ah. uh, you know everybody. Like I, I will say this. Like and I know we have a whole show to get to, but I, while we're on the subject, like I think the true artists. This is I. I truly believe this in life. The true artists never really think they do a good job, right? Like the, the, the true artists are like, man, I, I don't even know what I did. I don't even know if that sounded good. I don't know if that it's, it's weird the way it works. Right. But like I, I, you, you, I've read so many times, like the greatest painters, the greatest artists, like think they sucked, you know, not that you think you sucked or, but, but like, you know, you're not coming in here like, oh man, I I absolutely killed that. Like that was like. I, I just nailed everything I said. You're like, yeah, I was like using 12 year old slang and I don't remember what I said and leadership to grab a rebound. Like, I think that probably means you did a good job. Well, I appreciate that. I, I, I honestly, like, 
I was I was very nervous. I was very nervous. Uh, but one of the uh, one of the guys I work with who does like Rangers play by play. He was like, dude, just, just be yourself out there. And I was like, well, that's easy. I, I could be. I could sound yeah. like an idiot without even trying. Uh, and yes. I'm probably gonna sound like one anyway. So why not just not try? And you'll sound like you a go. more fun idiot than than you would. Be yourself, man. At the end of the day, I would rather lose trying to be myself than than anything yeah. else you know if i lose i lose but at least i did it being me so uh kudos to you congrats looking forward to more i did tune in for the for the second half uh, a little bit just to you know so show some support sounded good to me yeah. so uh and tarleton got the win so all's well that ends well it's been a good week it's been a good couple of weeks for rj choppy as the volunteers tennessee volunteers as we pivot to college basketball uh they get it done at home uh, over Auburn earlier this week and the key reason why and the key reason why these balls are where they are in the seed line and in the and in the polls Dalton connect 39 points from him 12 21 from the field five of eight from three obviously next game against Alabama but um is is this the reason why if you feel differently about the balls RJ is is he the the reason why oh yeah that was a uh, that was a special performance he had against Auburn, man. Like he was, he was best player on the floor. Um, he was best player in the country. Like that, let's be real. Like I, I know Zach Eadie's probably going to win the thing. You, you, Dalton's the best player in the country. I, I don't know that there's that there's anybody else that that comes close. I, I don't know who to compare him to. Like he's right. You know, like he's like right. uh, he's not the fastest guy in the world, right? He's not the speediest. He's like Luca without the passing, like that's you know like he's not because he can't he doesn't pass. You know, so, but that's that's like the guy's just amazing, and that that is the difference between this year's Tennessee team and every other Tennessee team that's ever lived under under Rick Barnes or or yep. even previous. That they've got a guy that could take over a game, and you know they've had NBA yep. players before. You know Grant Williams, NBA player, uh, and and they probably should have done better than they did, but. You know, Grant Williams is 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 not a star. He's a role guy, and and that's yeah. and I think Dalton's got a chance to be just a better player. I mean, he can shoot like crazy, one on one. He doesn't, he, you know, yeah. he doesn't have to have somebody get him the ball. You know, he could get the ball himself, and and I think that really matters in this tournament. Yeah, Tennessee over at MGM minus one twenty five uh, to win the SEC. Alabama right behind minus one ten. Just Obviously, feels like that's going to be decided, you know, this weekend in Tuscaloosa, at least a, a good portion of it. So, I guess that's going to be probably a a, a pick. Uh, you know, maybe Alabama slight favorite, but uh, yeah. Look, this is what I truly believe about college basketball as we are in March now. Um, I don't think there are many teams that can win the championship. I just don't. I don't think there are. I mean, because I think once you get past the five seed, I think it's really, really bad. I think it's really bleak, actually. Um, like in terms of teams that are credible and have, you know, a pedigree and team, like I, I just don't think there are many teams. I think Tennessee is probably one of the very few that I could see. Because what I really, what I, what I, what I really want to say, and what I will say, is that it feels like oh seven, oh eight. It feels like a chalk, chalky year to me. Where it's it's going to be the top four, like that's going to be your final four: Houston, Purdue, UConn, 
you know, maybe Tennessee could beat an Arizona on a neutral, right? I think that's kind of the fourth spot is up for grabs, but I just don't really see this being a year. We love to say it's wide open, right, RJ? We love to say, I don't really think it's that wide open. I don't think there are that many teams that can, that can really push for it. I think Tennessee, again, is one. But Alabama, like Alabama can't guard. So Alabama's not, even as they're a top 10 team, I, I, I don't take them seriously as a national championship contender. I just, I just can't. I know Mark Sears is having a great year, but I don't take them seriously as a contender. Tennessee, what I do like about them is that it, it connect gets all the headlines, and deservedly so, but I'm a huge fan of the, the steadiness that Zakai Ziegler brings game to game. Um, and yeah. he can score too, man. I mean, he's had his nights. And they just guard. So they have they help them out if they, you know, and, and carry them really offensively. So I don't know, RJ. I just think it's it feels to me like a very chalky year with that fourth spot being up for grabs, Arizona, Tennessee, you know, those are the kind of teams. Yeah. And look, I, I, there's going to be some questions about Arizona because, like, the Pac-12 is going to be, what, a two-bid league, three-bid league? And the SEC is going to have seven, eight, you know, there's a chance at, right. at a ninth team depending on how things fall. Um, so, like, if you, have, if you have two teams that are even, relatively even, and, and, and you know, it could be, you know, Tennessee or Arizona relatively even, and you got to throw Kansas in there, but, um, like, how do you take the team from the two-bid two league over the team from the seven or eight-bid league as the final number one? That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And if you're not going to do that, then you should put the team that is the uh, that that misses out the, the the top two seat. You should put them with that other team in their division. Uh, that's probably how it should work. But I, I don't know how they're going to wind up shaking it out. Everybody I've seen has you know Tennessee on the two line. I haven't seen them on the one seed line. Now look, they've got a tough. They play South Carolina still, Alabama, Kentucky. Right. If they win out these final three games, I, I it's going to be very very hard to keep them off the one line. Very hard. Yeah. I agreed. I, I think it's one of those things where the SEC is typically never revered as a basketball league, but I think that's an outdated perception. I think the SEC is really freaking good this year. I mean, I think, you know, you just named them. I mean, I, Auburn, Tennessee, South Carolina, Alabama, Kentucky. I mean, those are five really freaking good teams right there that I just named off the top of my head. Mississippi State you know, was controlling that game. They were up 52 to 39 against Kentucky in the second half. They were controlling the game. You know, you have, to me, a lot of teams that can make a second weekend. Um, but it this feels like the SEC never gets that, you know, they don't ever really get that respect nationally because, you know, college basketball fans are so hung up on Big East, Big East, Big East, and Big 12. But the SEC, to me, has done a great job. Um, and Florida's in there now, too. Florida's back under Todd Golden, right? So – I think there's a lot yeah. of, um, you know, there there's a lot of improvements that have been made to that league. They 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 focused on upgrading their basketball over the years. They did that, and uh, it just it wouldn't shock me, RJ, if you know there is a representative in the SEC in the Final Four. Dude, you mentioned those five teams. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if any of those t- five teams are in the Final Four. I mean, it like I think I think the conference is absolutely going to have a final four team i mean there's too many good teams uh for them to miss out um i mean i don't i wouldn't want to be in the same division as kentucky uh i would not want to be in the same alabama defensively i mean you i think you can get by them um south carolina's a nasty team 
Auburn yeah. is a very good team. And, you know, yep. Tennessee is going to have arguably the best player of the tournament or one of the three or four best players of the tournament. Their problem is they never win. Like they, they just, we just never win, man. Like it's, I'm waiting. I'm just, I'm just, I'm wondering, I'm already getting, I'm self-preparing myself. Like, how's it going to happen this year? Like what's going to happen this year for, uh, for us to get beat by uh, Florida Atlantic uh, or, or, or watch it be uh, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Robbie Avia and Indiana state. How's it going to happen this year? There you go. That's it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? Dude, that's you know what? Good. Lenardi and Palm already came out with it. The, 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 that's the one seed of nicknames. You, there's stop. Nobody can ever have a nickname again, ever that's in the history that, of sports. You, you got Nobody that right, covered. brother. You got that right. All right, we'll come back. We'll take a look at some of the games this weekend. Uh, get into what side of this we may like, all that and more. You're watching BetQLU on the BetQL Network. Back after this. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to BetQLU here on the BetQL Network. Getting you ready for the college basketball weekend slate ahead. I'm John Martin, joined tonight by college basketball color analyst RJ Choppy, as always. Uh, hey, before we get into the weekend slate, I want to tell you about the fast break free to play over at BetMGM. So here's how it works. Once a day, you can play the BetMGM free-to-play BetMGM fast break for a chance to win daily prizes. Play as the point guard, choose a pass to Kevin Garnett, pass to Jalen Rose, or take it in for yourself for a dunk. And if you score, you get a prize. 
Free-to-play promotion for BetMGM Sportsbook. BetMGM Sportsbook account holders who play our BetMGM Fast Break will have the opportunity to win a reward if they scored a basket. So there you go uh, in the BetMGM app. All right, uh, at this point, going to welcome in our man and producer and friend, Zach Kroll, uh, to help us get ready for the college basketball weekend slate. We're going to do this a little differently, Zach. What do, what do you have up your sleeve here? Yeah, guys. So I wanted to give a shout out to my guy, Mario Harron. He spent a little bit of time EPing BetQL Daily in the morning this past week, and he came up with an idea for a little bit of a game to preview the college basketball weekend slate that I loved, and I figured we'd bring it here to BetQLU. It is called Bounce Back versus Building Block, and we know in the sport of college basketball, and when we bet this sport, it is all about the spot. And there are some spots that are bounce back, a team that is trying to bounce back, that just lost a big game. They're trying to regain some momentum. And there are other spots where a team is coming off a big win and they're trying to build on that. Marquette is just a team that comes to mind. They are playing great basketball right now, fresh off a big win over Providence. Uh, and we're going to get to them a little bit later in this segment. But I wanted to focus on three of the main games this weekend and if we are classifying the teams playing in them as a bounce back spot or a building block spot. And the first game we will look at is a battle in the SEC. We spoke about it a little bit earlier in the first segment. We will have number four Tennessee going to number 14 Alabama with really the SEC championship on the line. The Ken Palm projection right now is Tennessee minus two. The over-under projection is uh, minus uh 168, I should say, 168 and a half. And both of these teams are coming off of victories last night. We spoke about Tennessee and just how good they looked against Auburn. But also Alabama, they bounced back nicely after they lost to Kentucky over the weekend. They went into Oxford and beat Ole Miss last night. So, RJ, because it's your Vols, I'll start with you. <laughs> Tennessee at Alabama. How are you feeling about this one this weekend? Look, Alabama is is one of those teams that I, I think this could be a this could be an absolutely massively high scoring game. Um, from I mean, Tennessee's putting up 80, 90 points a night. It seems like when they're going well. Problem is, I don't think their offense flows as well on the road. This is absolutely a game that if they win. I think they got a real chance at a one seat. Uh, so this is a, obviously it's a building block game uh, for both teams, but. I mean, man, I'll tell you, like, Alabama really is one of those that they just they scare me. Like, I don't know what to make of them because I think on any given night, they could put 100 up against you. Like, literally on any given night, they're going to chuck the three left and right. Um, and then if they get a shred of defense, they're tough to beat, especially in that building. Like, that's not a building that, you know, and again, Tennessee did play great on the road. They fell asleep against Missouri on the road. They, they really did. They got destroyed by A&M on the road. Uh, it's what's one scares me. That's why I think the Auburn win was so important for them because this one's this they're not the greatest road team. John, yeah, uh, I I see that the Kempom projection is Tennessee minus two, but I just would be I'd be really really surprised if that's what this what this winds up being. I mean, I, I just I don't I, I think Alabama's going to be the favorite. I think Alabama probably should be the favorite. What you've seen a lot in college basketball this year is having to pay top dollar for these kinds of spots, right? The home team, um, you know, you're not getting home dogs anymore. <laughs> it feels like home court advantage is like worth six points now in college basketball. I feel like I've, I've laid seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half, 
Creighton last night. Perfect example. Like, damn, man, I got to lay – or earlier this week, excuse, excuse me, I got to lay nine and a half just to get involved with Creighton against Seton Hall. I mean, and this is a – you know, that was a revenge spot for Seton Hall. Um, and it, I still had to lay nine and a half, you know, with Creighton. But there's a tax. There's a, there's a tax on these kinds of spots. And so, yeah, I think Alabama wins. So I think they get it done at home. Um, and I think they'll be the favorite. So a building block for Bama. It's important to realize, too, that these two teams played earlier in the season in Knoxville. Tennessee really dominated that one from start to finish, so we will see if we will have a different result here. The next game I wanted to get to is in the Big 12, and we will have Kansas fresh off a shocking loss on Tuesday night to BYU. They're ranked number seven right now, and they will be going on the road to Waco to take on number 15, Baylor. Now, Baylor is a team that had a pretty interesting week. Uh, They played a classic game against Houston on Saturday, a heartbreaking loss in overtime. But I was pretty impressed with the way they were able to bounce back on Monday night going into Fort Worth and beating a red-hot TCU team. Now, it's also important to remember, too, that it doesn't look like Kansas is going to have Kevin McCuller in this game. The the Jayhawks, they they don't have a lot of depth to begin with, and they're going to be missing one of their best players going into this one. That's not ideal. Ken Prom projects this right now to be Baylor minus five, the over under to be 147 and to have John, I'll keep it with you. How are we betting this one? Yeah. Uh, I like, I like Baylor and the under, um, you know, for all those reasons. I mean, this Kansas team is just not nearly the same. I mean, their season really peaked when they, and, and I give, I mean, it was one of the best wins of the season. Uh, and I was on the wrong side of it, to be completely honest with you, uh, when they just undressed Houston. And they just have not been the same team since then. And obviously that's a, that's a big uh, – it's influenced a lot by injury. It's the fact that Bill Self, I don't think, did a great job of constructing this roster. I mean, you're clearly hoping that Nick Timberlake, when you bring him in from Towson – and look, t- Nick Timberlake, I watched some Towson last year, all right? I thought Nick Timberlake was going to be a damn good player at this level, and he struggled, you know, and it's a cautionary tale when you when you reach down to those levels and you ask to come play in the Big 12, the SEC, the Power 5. It is, it is very difficult to do that, and it's hard to expect the same kind of results in production. Um, but, but this Baylor team was a free throw away from beating Houston, um, you know, last weekend. So I, I just – I think this Baylor team is playing its, its best basketball. I think they're uh, – you know, they're a team I could see you know, making a, a random run that nobody's really talking about, maybe find a way to get to the Elite Eight. Um, and I just I just think Kansas is reeling right now. So Baylor is the only way that I could look in this game. And I would also probably get involved with the under. Are Man, I, uh, I, I agree. I think Baylor's the play here. Uh, Kansas is not a good road team. Like, just just go down. The, you Most of their losses, obviously the BYU game was a home game they lost. They lose that Tech by by dang near 30. They lose at K-State. They lose at Iowa State, which is a good team, by the way. They lose at West Virginia. West Virginia isn't – I mean, they couldn't beat Air if they were playing a game against Air. That's how bad they are. UCF, they lose on the road to them. This is just not a very good road team. I am, I am all over Baylor on this one. I don't know if they cover the five. I, I definitely think Baylor wins. Um, uh, wins this game. I, I like John's talk on the on the, un, on the under, uh, but I think this is a Baylor game. Baylor wins. The Big Twelve 
we, we all know it's the best league, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see how a lot of these teams end up doing in March. You just have that group of teams in the middle, like TCU and Baylor and Texas Tech. Texas has been playing really well. I don't really know if there's a team in that group that I'm looking at and saying, okay, I really think they're going to make a deep run. But I just feel like all those two teams, all those teams in the middle are jumbled together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think again, yeah. Once you get past Houston, which we probably have not talked enough about, I know they're their number one team in the country, but the idea that Houston comes from the AAC. Okay. And mm-hmm. In in the first year, kind of runs away with the Big Twelve. Like I, you know, Kelvin. The idea that Kelvin Sampson has not gotten a serious offer from another school is crazy to me. The guy, I think, you know, pound for pound is, dare I say it, the best coach in the country. I mean, I don't know who who out there is doing it better than Kelvin. I I, I don't disagree with that. I think he's fantastic. Kel, Kelvin's got issues. I mean, look, Kelvin's been at big programs before. I mean, and and he's been at OU, he's been at uh, at Indiana, uh, but look, Houston is now a big program. He doesn't need to go anywhere. I mean, he's in the Big Twelve. Like, doesn't get much That's bigger true. than that. Yeah, like, you know. I mean, like, yeah. If he if if Houston but was I mean, on I'm the just saying, like like he 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 should be a blue blood, right? Like yes. blue blood should should try to hire him. You know. Look, yeah. If Cal if Cal quits, like Kentucky should absolutely go get him, and I think they would. Yep. I think he's a perfect fit at Kentucky, right? They, I don't know that Carolina or Duke would go after him. There's, there's a little bit of baggage, even though that baggage is is from a, a bygone era of the sport. No question. Kentucky doesn't yep. care about that. If I was Arkansas, yeah. I'd be all over him. You know, Arkansas is yeah. a program that hasn't done anything. Like, I would be all over I think he is a fantastic coach. I just don't know that he needs to go anywhere. Maybe he loves Houston. People like Houston. I don't, so. I don't like you. I think Houston, I think Houston sucks. But uh, <laughs> we have that, that, that's that Dallas Fort Worth snobbery that's coming that out Dallas, right Fort there. Worth, Houston snobbery, baby. That's right. North Texas represent. Hey, hey they got CJ Stroud though. All right, they're 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 fine. They got CJ. They're they're they'll live with it, man. That's right. That's right. All right, the last game I wanted to hit on is in the Big East, and these are going to be two really good teams going at it on Saturday afternoon. We have number five Marquette. They're red hot. They've won their last three games in a row and also nine of their last ten. Of course, the one game they lost during that stretch was that blowout loss at UConn a couple weeks ago, and they'll be going on the road to Creighton. They're ranked number 12 right now. Uh, They had a little bit of a disappointing loss on Sunday at St. John's, but they're another team that besides that, they've been playing great. We remember what they did to UConn uh, on the other end of the spectrum, and they looked really good on Wednesday night against Seton Hall. Right now, the Ken Palm projection is Creighton minus four. The over-under projection is 150 and a half. RJ, I'll throw it over to you. Who do you like in Marquette Creighton? Uh, I like Creighton in this one. If this game was in Marquette or on a neutral side, I'd probably take Marquette. But this is this is a uh, you know it's obviously it's a home game for Creighton. I'm going to take uh, the Blue Jays here. I, I, they're a good team, and I also don't discount the fact that there's probably a decent chance that Marquette is looking ahead to next week where they take on UConn. So I, I do, you know, and I know this is not a look ahead game, and Marquette really could kill their seating if they wind up dropping both of these. You know, they could really kill their spot and and, and where they are. Uh, I guess what they're on the two line most places now. They they might they might drop to three. Um, 
but I think it's just a tough spot. Like I, I think it's a really impossible game. You're going on the road four days before you take on UConn at home. It's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, I agree. John? Um, I, I I agree with I agree with what I just said about Creighton. Uh, I a I think Marquette is like every time they punch up, every time they try to you know join a different weight class in the year 2024. I know they beat Illinois earlier in the year. I know they beat Kansas a long time ago. They haven't done anything since 2024. Um, had a chance against UConn, got drilled, got run off the floor embarrassingly. Um, Creighton is absolutely peaking. Um, I mean, they look like a team that's going to do it again. They're going to go to the Elite Eight again, and, and maybe this time they get a little bit better luck and find a way to get to the final four. Uh, and I've been very down on this Creighton team at times, but Ashworth has finally settled in and is making, it feels like 80% of his threes, you know, Trey Alexander, we know is the initiator of the offense. Kogbrenner is a matchup nightmare. Um, I just, I just feel like this Creighton team is playing its best, best basketball right now. And I just don't really believe in Marquette. I never have. So I like, and, and plus Creighton knows him. So give me Creighton at home all day. One last thought on the Big East before we get out of here. This conference just has a ridiculous amount of bubble teams right now. You have teams like St. John's and Seton Hall and Providence and Villanova really all fighting for tournament bids. Is there any team in that group we look at and we'll pick out and say, okay, I like them the most to separate and make a a big run into March. Is there anyone that stands out? Not not really for me. I mean, UConn and Creighton are the ones for me. Everybody else – is is for my money a non-factor i'm i I just feel like we talk too much about the big east as as a Hmm. sport yeah i i agree i agree we do talk too much about them i mean they're given so many advantages i mean look i I get it's the 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 big east tournament's fun uh i love the setup the backdrop of the garden it's fantastic that that aspect of it is great but i mean you know, once once the ACC came in there and and pillaged half the teams, I mean, it, it just became a different. You know, Jay Wright's gone. There's no Villanova's not Villanova anymore, and and it's just I'm just, it's not the same as it used to be. It there was a time where it was the best, and that tournament was massive. I mean, it had what 16 teams in it, and, and every single one of them felt like they could actually win the thing, except for maybe Rutgers. But different era. It's gone now, man. It's gone. Yep. Yep. Uh, so anyway, yeah, good stuff, Zach. Appreciate you joining in, jumping in, and helping us uh, look ahead to the weekend. Should be look. We only got what two more of these, two more of these in the regular yep. season, and then it is uh, it is it is postseason time, baby. So uh, I'm ready for it. I think a lot of teams are ready for it, RJ. Uh, but there should there's still you know there's still a few intriguing matchups before we get to conference tournament play. All right, we'll come back. And uh, as we look ahead, continue to look ahead to the postseason and this weekend, get into one of the sneakiest leagues, the sneakiest fun leagues of the season. That's the Mountain West, or as I like to call it, the Mountain Best. Do that when we come back. You're watching BetQL. You're on the BetQL Network back after this. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to BetQL. You on the BetQL Network. One of the... Look, we know the, the the traditional leagues with history who are storied, who are always in the mix in March. Uh, we know 
about the Big East. We know about the Big 12. We know about the ACC. We know about the SEC. Um, and the Big 10, we'll just go ahead and round it out. But one league, RJ, that I find really entertaining, <laughs> I mean really, really entertaining throughout the week, is the Mountain West. Now, the Mountain West, uh, I think, has a chance uh, to get six bids. Uh, and what's and what's funny about that is that, that this league is really perfect at doing each other a solid. Like, just when their opponent, like, really needs a win to, you know, sort of spruce up their resume, there's a lot of cooperation, it feels like, sometimes. Like, perfect example was Colorado State and Nevada this past week. Nevada's there at Colorado State. They're big underdogs. They're missing their second-leading score. They win <laughs> on the road at Colorado State on a ridiculous Hail Mary buzzer beater uh, after actually, like, really collapsing at the end. So that's just one example. But um, I get, the way I want to ask this question to you, RJ, is this league is fun. They take advantage of Friday nights. There's usually a pretty good game on a Friday night. But is it all invalidated? if the Mountain West doesn't have a team that makes a run, like if all these teams go out in the first and second round, does it all make it invalidated? Or like what's the right way to look at the quality of a league uh, in college basketball? Um, That's a good question. I mean, like I don't think that you have to have a deep run by some team in the Final Four or make the Final Four to validate your conference. I mean – you know, there's like the San Diego State making the final game validate Nevada. You know, like right. I, I, that's you know, I mean, I guess in a in a, in a roundabout way, it kind of does. I know SEC football fans think it does. Uh, everybody cheers yeah, on do. Bama and and uh, George every year. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I see that, but I think I look. I think the course of the season, you know, your non-conference schedule, your non-conference records, um, you know, a lot of your individual metrics. I think that plays more in a one and done NCAA tournament. We know it's a crapshoot. Like, you know, we know that like we should never look at a co- Oh man, that coach can't win or that, that team can never win. I mean, a lot, how much of the NCAA tournament's all about your draw? It's all about your draw. Some, some programs are just better suited, a little bit luckier. They're just, they just play better. They're just better programs too. Right. And then when you're when you're a program when you're relying on Nevada or Utah State or or San Diego State or New Mexico, I mean these aren't Colorado State. These are traditional powers. You know they yep. they they have guys that they're they're losing players left and right to other pro, their feeder programs at times. And I don't know that it's fair to the Mountain West to dock them if they all finish as like you know, nine to 12 seeds, eight to 12 seeds, and they run into bad matchups. I mean, if they just run into bad matchup, like, what are you going to do? Like, you just tip your cap, move yeah. on. Like, you lost the game to a better team. Like, I don't think it invalidates it if they don't have a deep run. I mean, ask me that same question on March 18th after the, after the brackets right. come out on that Sunday. No, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, look, I think it's it's – you're talking about a six-game sample. And I think it's also okay to enjoy a league and have fun with a league, you know, without having to inject some crazy, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, it just it, – it, that's the nature of the tournament. It just is. Uh, and so I don't, I don't really think, like, 
there is validation one way or the other. I think, like, like you said, I think there's validation of a team. I think there's validation of a, you know, but I don't think there's um, like, oh, like San Diego State made the championship game last year. We weren't talking about, you know, oh, the Mountain West, man. Damn, what a league that was. You know, it's just and, – and you will hear that, though. I mean, just you will hear if, if, if they flame out, you will hear that the Mountain West is unserious. But that's probably just uh, – it's probably just par for the course at this point. Um, and, and, look, I don't think there's any contender in it. I, I mean, I don't, realistically speaking. I don't think San Diego State has enough offense. Uh, you know, Utah State, I just don't take seriously. Colorado State, to me – I will be looking to fade them first round. I, I think there's a real chance the 11 seed, if they are, or excuse me, the 10 seed, if they are a seven. I think there's a real chance the 10 is favored. Boise State, I actually like because they are older, but you know, I don't know if the firepower is there, and I don't know if they can guard. They always seem to have trouble with teams that are super athletic. And then Nevada and New Mexico are just like to me, there are teams that are good at home, and you take them away from that environment and. But that, that's the funny thing about the Mountain West. Like, they're all kind of the same. Every team's the same damn team. You know, it's like they're all really great at home, and you take them away from home, and uh, they, they kind of shrink. So, at any rate, um, I, I don't think there's a contender here. I wouldn't, get in, I wouldn't get involved with the future on any of these teams. In fact, I'd probably be looking, like I said, to fade some of them in the first round. But, um, I, I, look, if you're, if you're the Mountain West, you're happy to get six, if that's the way it goes. You are absolutely happy to get six in uh in the NCAA tournament all right uh go ahead if you have a point on that I think I think getting the 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 amount of teams you get far more validates the conference than the runs those teams go on right in the tournament I mean you know the the selection can it's subjective yeah but that's their job is to pick the best teams I know it's imperfect but you know I never thought that a team's what the team does at the tournament uh means oh they they got in over this team that got snubbed and they shouldn't have I don't know that it validates it I think just getting yeah. in validates the conference. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a, that's well said. That's well said. All right, uh, I do want to hit some news because we are a college football show as well. Um, that I know we're going to we're going to twelve, but it feels like we're about to. That, that's going to be a brief stop, right, RJ? Like the question is, where does it stop? Where does college football playoff expansion stop? I don't know where it stops, man. Obviously, it doesn't stop at a 12 uh, because we haven't even done a 12-team playoff. You're exactly right. And we're already exactly right. talking about expanding it. The yep. newest, the, the latest is that they want to expand to 14 teams. You have three automatic qualifiers. You know, the SEC would be guaranteed three teams. The Big Ten guaranteed three teams. The ACC guaranteed two, the Big 12 guaranteed two, the group of five guaranteed one, and then three at-large bids. And yep. like I, I, I hate having a set number on. It. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't like divisions in sports. Like geography should not play a role in who makes the postseason. Just yep. because, like, I, don't, I don't, I don't think geography should have anything to do with it. If the 12 or 14 best teams are in the Big Ten, then then that's who should be in the tournament. Not, well, you know, the SEC's got to have three and the Big 12's got to – no, the, the 14 best are in the SEC, like, then I'm sorry. Like, you know, play better. Um, and, and, and I love you – know, and, and I don't want this to be a charity case either. Like, does, what if the best group of five 
is like the 30th ranked team. Like, should they get in over the 14th? I don't think so. Like, I'm sorry, like Tulane, you were in the SEC. You had your chance. You left on your own. You know, like, I, I don't know. I just, I, where does it stop? Uh, 16, 64? What's what's the FBS tournament? What, yeah, what's the, I'm the, sorry, the, the, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, that's the, yeah, exactly. Like, I just, and I, and I, I know we, 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 you know, I just, I just, I wish we had fans of the sport in charge um, as opposed to people that are just driven by more dollars because I feel like if we did, there would be a, a, a balance somehow. And we're just, we're not even concerned with that at this point for the, either of those sports. No, we're not. It's about money. It's just about money. But does it make like Again, you know, we had this problem, you know, before the NIL and the transfer portal. Like every Final Four game was 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 two touchdowns or more, like seventeen points. And then we get the portal in there, and everything kind of, you know, becomes a little bit more competitive. Well, after a while, aren't we going to go back? You know, let's just say they go to they go to sixteen teams, no buys. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all at neutral sites. I mean, that, that's just the NFL, man. It's the NFL with with lesser athletes. That's all it is. I don't know. That I want to see that. Uh, I, you know, I, I think there needs to be a. You are absolutely going to lose the regular season. Absolutely. Right. There's no. There's no. The reason that everybody watches college football on a Saturday is because you know, and you know, if you miss the OU Texas game, you may have missed the chance of the last meaningful game your team played all year, because the loser of that game is probably out. Well, that's not going to be the case anymore. Yeah, man. I just, I, I, I'm glad for my AAC brethren that there's at least a spot for the group of five. But I, 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 I agree with you. It's like, and in college basketball is going to run into the same thing. You just devalue, you devalue things. If you're going to let 80 teams in the NCAA tournament or whatever it is, 96 teams, like, why are we playing a regular season, man? For what? Yeah. I mean, let's do, Let's do a three-week season. Let's do a three-week season or a month-long season, and then we'll seed it based on that. And uh, or you know, here's what here's what you could do: you just cut out non-conference. And again, like they won't have because of the revenue. But it's like you're playing these games for no reason. Like a, a whole ass third of the of the country is getting in the tournament at 96, basically. So yeah, and and, and with football, it's like. If you let 14 in or, or or however many in, there's only going to be four or five real contenders, as always, anyway. Um, but, again, TV, money, this is the world and the sandbox that we play in. And uh, it's never going to change, no matter how nope. much it hurts the sport. So I hate to end on that note, but uh, I can't stand it. I can't stand any of it. All right, it's going to do it for us today uh, in this week's edition of BetQLU on the BetQL Network. Everybody enjoy the games this weekend. For RJ Choppy, for Zach Kroll, I'm John Martin. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us for a little bit today, and we'll see you next week right here on the BetQL Network.